0: Everybody, welcome to Under the Stained Glass, the podcast where we take a look at what we talked about in church last Sunday and approach it again from a family angle. I'm Pastor Chris here at Magnolia Park United Methodist Church in Burbank, and I'm here with our Children and Families Director, Ms. Whitney. Hi, everyone. And this past week in church, we were in this amazing passage in... Matthew, that actually begins in chapter 24 and goes all the way through 25. And it's a passage that begins with Jesus walking with his disciples, and they're all admiring the buildings that are in the temple. And Jesus says, he's not really interested in admiring the architecture. He comes back and says, you know, all these things are going to be destroyed. All these things are going to come down. Not one stone is going to be remain on the other right. when I come again. And it opens up this whole discourse of how Jesus is going to come again. Mm-hmm. And for us Christians sitting in this time, right. there are several ways to look at when Jesus is going to come again. But the point that we were talking about in church is that Jesus says that when he comes again, not only are all these old systems, I think that's what he's talking about with the temple, the old systems and the old monuments to that old system are going to be gone, but also that he's going to separate people one from the other, the way Mm -hmm. that a shepherd separates sheep from goats. He says he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And when he says that, I imagine that disciples probably (laughs) start thinking right away what we think. How can I be sure that when this comes down, I'm one of the sheep who are put on his right and I'm not a goat. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. It's an interesting statement because it can mean a lot of things like you said, like what is the the next coming of Jesus? Is it what Mm -hmm. we're anticipating? Is it what we know to have happened before where he tears down all that was believed of faith and Mm -hmm. the and the faith system beforehand? And yeah, how do I stay on this right side with Jesus without becoming legalistic or without really striving for that only, singularly, in our faith walk? And that's a big question because it really does, it adds sort of this weight. Whereas Jesus comes to lessen our burden, it really does start to add a little bit more weight on you. And you go, Jesus, what are you talking about here? Yeah, because
0: now you've got this whole image. And the image of a shepherd and sheep is goes throughout the bible and yeah. it's usually an image that's talking about the shepherd or God uh, providing for us right. and caring for us and protecting us all those right. things are in that shepherd sheep relationship but all of a sudden here Jesus conjures up that same image and it has a little bit of a darker feel right. where he says I'm going to be like a shepherd and I'm going to separate the sheep from the goats and he says in verse 34 he says That at that time, what he'll say to those sheep on his right, or those people on his right, is come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Mm -hmm. So that puts a big load on it too. You say, okay, yeah, I want a piece of that, but man, how do I... How do I get that? You know? Right,
1: right. The anticipation of being a sheep or the expectation of being a sheep in the biblical sense is very much a dependent role.
0: Yeah.
1: And this now has put kind of a expectation on the sheep to yeah. to be something or to perform in a certain way yeah. in order to kind of gain this, this place in Jesus's kingdom. And so it's an interesting thing because it's something very unfamiliar for us. Uh-huh. But it's also kind of showing us the new role for us, showing us our place in this whole idea of Jesus's second coming and and what Mm -hmm. it's going to look like in his new kingdom and that sort of thing. And there is actually an expectation of what we need to do also as well, which... It's kind of counterintuitive to Christianity in a way as as we see it. So it's it's a really interesting statement.
0: Sure, because we believe that, you know, if you're going to be a sheep, it's because you've received Christ and you've received that grace and you put your faith in Jesus. And, of course, that has to be true.
1: Yes. Right.
0: But it is complicated when Jesus says in this passage in verse 35 that he will be able to say about those people that are on his right, that I was hungry and you gave me something to eat, that I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink, that I was a stranger and you invited me in, that I needed clothes and you clothed me, that I was sick and you looked after me, and I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then, of course, in the story, uh, the people that Jesus is talking to say, I never did any of that stuff for you, Jesus. But he says, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So suddenly it seems like being put on the right, being a sheep, being one of Jesus' people at the second coming for eternity kind of hinges on what you did for other people.
1: Right. And this is that faith without works is dead sort of thing here. Uh-huh. So I'm sure, you know, this can make many people's eyes bug out of their head and they go, well, well, what does that mean? I didn't think, you know, that's how we got into the kingdom of heaven. That doesn't seem right to me. It sound or sort of seems counterintuitive, but it's really how you define works, whether it's work Or is it an outward expulsion of what is inside of you?
0: Right, right. And
1: so when you think about this statement specifically from Jesus, you have to think about, is he wanting me to work for my salvation and my place with him? Or does he want what he did, his work to show in me. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference there. I mean, it takes a lot of the burden off of us when we think about just letting Jesus flow through us and then out of us. But it is still an action that we must take. It's it's deliberate when we do it. So it really challenges our definition of works and it challenges our definition Mm -hmm. of salvation in a way because it's sort of a radical idea on our radical idea of salvation so it it kind of shakes things up a bit but really it does if you really sit down and think about it go along the same lines of what jesus has taught us
0: before it does yeah yeah because i mean what it does is it should open our eyes to how salvation is actually working itself out within us right you know right i think it's really telling that when jesus does say this to those sheep on his right that they did all these things for him they're all shocked they say well we they don't even know what he means it's, we didn't know we were doing those things right. for you and i think that is really the point that when we are doing good for others without expecting a reward without expecting that it's going to be a tit for tat kind of thing right. or, that's when we know that we're actually operating out of a place of offering grace to others because we are receiving that grace from God in advance.
1: Right. You know, when I talk to the Sunday school kids about this sort of idea, we always preface our salvation on, well, can you be good enough to get into heaven? Can you do those things? And No, 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 no. You can't. Nobody can. We can't do enough to get into heaven and you want kids first and foremost to know that but when we set that up we say you know your belief in Jesus your love for Jesus and your understanding of what he did for you when he died on the cross is what gets you to heaven We want to show other people who he is, and Mm -hmm. that's why we do these good things. It's always good to do these good things, It's, it's always good to show others, but that's how we show them what Jesus did for us is by our actions of what we do for them. So it really is that it's letting Christ come out and being that result of our salvation. And it's if you can understand it, and it's hard for adults and kids to understand that without becoming legalistic without making a set of rules for them to follow in order to you know get that check mark off the list but if you can if you can do that if you can understand that it's a result rather than an act or a doing then it it really does become more simple to understand
0: sure and hopefully as we continue in our faith and as our salvation works itself out within us yeah hopefully more and more we become as like shocked as they are in verse 37. Right. That, wow, I never used to feel that way about people. Right. (laughs) I never wanted to give to people just because it's the right thing to do or because I feel so grateful to God in me. I never did that before. Yeah. And wow, I really am doing it not because Jesus says I better. Right. um, But because... I'm doing it for for the sake of Jesus in me, that Jesus is in me, and so I'm doing these things in a sense for his sake, because it's in me to do it.
1: Right. It's a natural response at that point. Yeah,
0: natural response is a good way to put it. Yeah. So that as that salvation is working itself out in us, and we are being made into the people that will be put on his right into those sheep yeah. at the same time. And this is where it really gets cool Yeah. with that's happening in us. And those things are being revealed in, a, in us and what we, by what we do, right. we are actually becoming his sheep, but we're also becoming more and more like shepherds, right? Because we're doing those things that shepherds do. Sure. Providing for others, caring for others, protecting others. And not only physically, When we can do that, we can't always do that for everybody that we see, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But we also do that in our families, hopefully, you know, providing and caring and protecting each other emotionally Mm -hmm. and spiritually,
1: yeah, right, as well. Yeah, and this is very much like when you see the packs of animals and things like that, where they become the leaders of one another. So the shepherd is really... Guiding and teaching them, but also preparing them for that moment when he might be off doing something else. And Mm -hmm. the the pack needs to help and become that leader and that guide and that comfort. And that's really what he's talking about here is that not only are we guided, are we comforted, are we protected, but we also do the same for our kind, for our people. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And that is the church, that pack. The pack is the church. Right, right. Yeah, and when Jesus says, whatever you did for the least of these, my brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Mm-hmm. For many people, the, the addition there of these brothers and sisters of mine really does focus specifically on the church. Right. That first and foremost, we're to be offering that provision and care and protection to one another in the church, especially right. You know, on a spiritual and emotional level, Uh physically, too. We try and do that in the church. Sure. But especially or certainly on an emotional listening to each other, taking care of each other, getting involved in each other's stuff. Right. And then spiritually making sure that we are all understanding that God really is with us, that we can pray together, those kinds of things.
1: Sure. And that, you know... Those brothers and sisters, that's also open to everyone. So everybody has that opportunity to be brothers and sisters of Jesus. So when you look at that, yes, I do believe that that's what Jesus is saying. You know, we take care of our people. We lift them up in any sort of emotional, spiritual, or physical way that they need lifting up. But everybody that comes in here that is willing we do the same for them as well cuz they might be the ones that are the weakest the you know oh, yeah. the ones that are in the most need and the least of those so i love that interpretation but it's also jesus and his kindness opening it up to everyone as well which is really cool
0: yeah i mean and obviously if we want to bring more brothers and sisters right. into the pack yeah <laughs> then we need to actually be doing those things, the provision and the care and the protection for people who aren't believers yet so that they might want to be a part of that loving pack, that loving group. So it turns out that this passage that seems that it pushes us towards this idea of works righteousness is actually underpinned by the grace of God in the beginning, because none of this can happen in us in a truly, truly altruistic way right. without the grace of God in the first place.
1: Yeah, definitely. It starts within us in order to work itself out of us. And and so we need that component of grace. That's why we were talking about before we started our podcast today, we were talking about how James is very similar to this statement that Jesus makes James, book of James in the Bible. And a lot of people get pushed away by it, but Mm -hmm. James never says that we just need these works, these works, these works, and that's very, you know, that's a very non-Christian kind of viewpoint, but... He, he says the grace is also necessary there. And Jesus is saying that grace is also necessary. I start it, Jesus says. And then yeah. you guys take it and you, you finish it and you expand the knowledge of me in this world. You expand the understanding of salvation. And you really open it up to far more people than Jesus could have in his day even told or even and brought yeah. in.
0: Yeah, faith and works. I mean, it, it always begins with grace. Yes. But then it... It's hard to know where the, the grace and the leading of the Holy Spirit begins and where our decision to listen yeah. and to do what is asked of us starts. Yeah. C.S. Lewis said, faith and works is like scissors. And if you really try and figure out which side is doing the most work, right. you can't. Right. You know, the, it's a team effort, but it begins always with God's grace working within us.
1: Right. God's always working. And we have the opportunity to answer that and to work uh-huh. as well. So,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, so with kids, it, that's what we tell them, too. Right. Just right. that, hey, we want to do our best, but always be thankful for the fact that we even care. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, we want to thank you guys for being with us today. And we care that you were here today. And we just want to invite you, if you're ever in Burbank, to stop by and worship with us at 1030 here at Magnolia Park United Methodist Church. And of course, you can worship with us online anytime just by following the link that's on the directions on this podcast today. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe so that others know that you like it. And we'll see you next time. Yep.